it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who doesn't want to remask your kids. Yo, Dr. Anthony Fauci saying it's time for an episode of the Remasked Singer. He should be behind bars. A lot of people fed up. We're going to get into it in this hour. Plus, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre still trying to change the meaning of a recession and says the shrinking economy is not Joe Biden's fault. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. 888-788-9910. The phone number if you want to be a part of day two as we're broadcasting on the legendary WNIX, 1330 a.m. in Greenville, Mississippi. Talk of the Delta. You know the rules. If you miss day one down there in Greenville, this is a pretty straightforward show. I am not an activist. I am a talk show host. I'm just trying to move the ball forward in a positive way that's beneficial to everybody listening, whether you are a Republican or a Democrat or a Libertarian or anything in between. I say it every day. Be whatever the hell you want. Just don't be a That is all. We begin at the White House today. It's a big Tuesday. The champ is peppy. Had a good night last night. I was on the evening edit with Liz McDonald. Her and I, you know, became fast friends on the set of Gutfeld this past Friday. She is, of course, hosting a show on a business channel. And uh, we were watching the White House yesterday. We were watching Corrine Jean-Pierre. And then we watched Joe Biden together as they both got on TV and told us what? That it's not a recession. <laughs> My frustration, I say this all the time is I wish, I wish there was half as much of an effort to solve these problems as there is to assign blame to other people, as there is to avoid the political cost. At a time when everyone in this country is paying the financial cost, we have a White House that's obsessed with covering their own you-know-what. I agree with that. Which brings me to yesterday's presser. I mean, it's laughable on its face. Yesterday, if you were listening to the show, and how could you miss it? Such a good time. Why would you miss this show? This, I Really, though, this is a, no excuse to miss this show. It's the only thing like it in the world. Every major broadcast entity on the planet brings in people who are, like, qualified to do this, okay? This is Fox News, the biggest media platform in the world, handing a show to a guy. It's like a sociological experiment with no formal background in anything. I drove a, a taxi. My biggest actual societal accomplishment is that I beat Mike Tyson in Mike Tyson's Punch-Out in 1987. I think that's what I open with when I meet people. You know like some guys wear a Super Bowl ring? I'm like, yeah, you know that video game on Nintendo? Guess who's got the championship belt? You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. But one of the reasons I'm good at this job, I am dumb. I don't, don't doubt that. I lock my keys in the car twice a year. But one of the reasons I'm good at this job is because I'm one of you. I prioritize what you prioritize. You didn't get out of bed yesterday looking for the White House definition of recession. 
You got out of bed yesterday looking for a way to make your financial ends meet. That's what you did. He knows what he's talking about. But what is the White House prioritizing? Not getting your situation under control. Getting their situation under control. Bingo. So let's begin there at the White House where they're trying to get their situation under control. Here is Karine Jean-Pierre saying, we're not in a recession. The indicators don't say so. Clip four. If you look at low unemployment at 3.6, if you look at the average uh, amount of jobs that have been created, it's about 400 uh, per month. Those indicators do not show uh, that we are are in a recession or even a pre-recession. Are you stupid or something? Those, if you look at the indicators, they don't show that we're in a recession or even a pre-recession. You can't handle the truth. Yo, the actual definition of a recession. You have entered a recession. You know, like in Welcome to the Jungle. You know where you are. You're in the jungle, baby. That whole thing. When your GDP shrinks two consecutive quarters. That means you know where you are. You're in recession, baby. That's true. That is true. That is the actual definition of a recession. When your GDP shrinks, gross domestic product, two consecutive quarters. This Thursday, we're expected to get economic numbers that show us the GDP has shrunk not once, but two consecutive quarters. Oh, wow. So anyway... You try to move this around, okay? This is just a Taco Bell item. You know when Taco Bell, they use the same five ingredients, and God love Taco Bell. Do not think I'm disparaging you. If you work at Taco Bell, if you're a sponsor on one of these stations, we love Taco Bell. Look at me. I look like I get paid in baked stuff burritos. I'm not kidding. I mean, look at me. You're killing yourself the way you eat. Y'all fat look at you. But the truth is, okay, Oftentimes, it feels like Taco Bell is giving you the same five ingredients and they're just renaming the menu item. They're like, no, no, no. This is not a Mexican pizza. We folded it. It's now a chalupa. If you unfold it, it's, a, it's you know, Mexican pizza. It's meat and cheese uh, unfolded on a tortilla. But you fold it, it's now a chalupa. You know what I mean? That's what they're doing here with the recession. No, no, it's not a recession. Yeah, I mean, I get that the numbers have shrunk two consecutive quarters, but you got to look at the under indicators. You see, you guys are folding it so it looks like a recession. If you leave it wide open, it's just a Mexican pizza. I'm telling you. What the hell is the world coming to? Or as Joe Biden would call it, a breakfast taco. But the point is, there's such an effort being made to finagle perception instead of the problem. Listen uh, to all of the administration this week denying we're in a recession. It's clip one. I do want to emphasize what a recession really means is a broad-based contraction in the economy. And even if that number is negative, we are not in a recession now. Has inflation peaked? I think probably. You know, there's so much out of our control. Inflation is a global problem. When you're creating uh, almost 400,000 jobs a month, that is not a recession. But I don't think we're going to, uh, God willing, I don't think we're going to see a recession. This is not an economy that's in recession, but we're in a period of transition. Those indicators do not show uh, that we are are in a recession or even a pre-recession. Uh, that was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire, inside a train wreck. Again, what are they doing? They're not talking about solving the problem. They're changing what the problem happens to be. Well, it's not a recession. Imagine, imagine, imagine. 
These people run your fire department. I say this a lot. I'm sorry, but they can't change their style. You call the fire department if these people are in charge. Like, my house is on fire. Their response is not to send you a truck with water. Their response is to tell you, no, it's not a fire. Would you stop it? First of all, it's transitory. The fire's going to go away. Well, it is because your, your house is going to burn on the ground. <laughs> By the time they actually show up to solve the problem, then it becomes, well, it's not going away. It's Putin's fire. You know, Putin started it. That's the problem. Well, you know, okay, so granted the fire took place before Putin invaded Ukraine. Ultra MAGA's fire. Democrats are so full of crap. But it looks bad on them. As a guy who's running a solutions-based show, okay, as a guy who just wants to help the country, I don't want them to do bad. I don't want them to do bad. I don't like their policies. I don't like what they're trying to do to this country socially. I will admit that. But I don't want our country to fail just so we can get a different class of politician in there. Because ultimately, our biggest problem right now is not even the politicians. It's the unelected bureaucrats that are making all the laws without any type of, you know, accountability whatsoever. You know, we'll get to Fauci in the next break because he's on fire right now. Apparently, they turned down his application to be on Dancing with the Stars. So he had to find a new way to get back on TV. He's trying to bring back masks for little kids again. Do you remember masks for little kids? They took them off this spring, finally. Yeah, well, don't get too hopped up because Fauci wants them back on immediately. But again, none of this is being done with helping the people they purport to care about. Masking kids, we have no data that says kids should be wearing a mask, and we'll get into that. Just like we have no data that says this is not a recession. You understand? It is a recession. The actual definition of a recession. This is like the movie Major League, okay? Remember in the movie Major League, ball flies over the wall, and you see the two guys in the outfield saying, it's too high. Guy goes, what do you mean it's too high? And he's like, well, you know, the trajectory of the ball, it was going over the wall. If you look at the circumference of the stadium, and finally one guy interjects and he goes, hey, who gives a It's gone. <laughs> That's, it's a home run. Who cares if it's too high or it's a line drive? It's the same thing here. We're debating semantics instead of trying to solve the problem. Listen to Janet Yellen. This was fascinating. This is clip five. And many economists uh, expect second quarter GDP to be negative. First quarter GDP was negative. So (laughs) we could see that happen and that will be closely watched. But I do want to emphasize what a recession really means is a broad-based contraction in the economy. And even if that number is negative, we are not in a recession now. And um, I, I would you know, warn that we should be um, not not characterizing that as a recession. That was embarrassing. Okay, again, it's not. uh, Let me tell you what a recession really means. I know the definition is if GDP shrinks to the country two consecutive months, you're in a recession. And I know we've shrunk two consecutive months. But let me tell you what it really means. German white men can't jump. When Wesley Snipes leans forward in the car and starts lecturing Woody Harrelson about white people listening to Jimi Hendrix, he's like, white people, y'all listen to Jimmy, but you can't hear Jimmy. 
That's what Janet Yellen's telling you about her. You guys read the definition of recession, but you can't hear the definition of recession. It's really different than what you guys have been interpreting it as all these times. You can't hear the real notes. Yo, I am not here to debate the semantics because the one thing there is no debate over is that they're not trying to solve the problem. And that's the real tragedy here, no matter what you say in the dictionary. Introducing Recession by Calvin Klein. Recession. A fragrance so good, it's hard to define. And what is exactly the White House's definition of a recession? Again, we don't, we don't, I'm not going to define it from here. Recession. Made from a patented blend of inflation and high fuel prices, recession will have all the hot and horny girls in denial. This is not an economy that's in recession, but we're in a period of transition in which growth is slowing. Recession will give you the confidence to take on any challenge. I am uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental fil- my physical as well as my mental fitness recession is so strong it's causing women and men to lose their minds i keep forgetting i'm president recession by calvin klein a fragrance that always does the job until there's no more jobs out there don't go anywhere fox across america with jimmy Fallon. we'll be right back Did you know that every major diaper company either financially or vocally supports abortion? If that appalls you and you're looking to support a baby brand that aligns with your pro-life, pro-family views, then Every Life is your solution. Every Life firmly believes that regardless of where someone is from, what they look like, or whether they were planned or unplanned, every baby is a miracle from God worthy of love, protection, and celebration. Every Life offers high-performing, supremely soft, premium diapers and wipes delivered right to your doorstep. Their diapers are crafted without fragrances, dyes, lotions, latex, parabens, or phthalates. And you can feel good knowing that every purchase with Every Life contributes to changing lives through their support of pro-life organizations and pregnancy resource centers. Every Life is not just changing diapers, they're changing lives. Visit everylife.com to learn more. That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today.
<laughs> it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I believe the last lyric was this crazy SOB wrecked our economy. Come on, man. <laughs> no, you come on. And emotion has gotten back together. They have reunited an 80s one hit wonder to sing about recession. That's how bad it's gotten here in our country. Come on, man. What a mess. Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Little loopy on a Tuesday. I'm writing songs all morning about this stupid recession story, and I don't want to be writing these songs. Like, I enjoy them. I listen to them. They make me laugh. My man who sings them is as talented as anybody anywhere in the world. I mean, it's one of the best things about the show is just the ridiculousness that we are slapping onto serious issues as a means of coping. To be honest with you, this is the only other option other than what? Going nuts? It's either that or I don't know. Are you going to go sell pictures of your body on OnlyFans? I'm not in that kind of shape. I would have to start like an OnlyFoods. Just pictures of sandwiches. <laughs> People who are into like my lifestyle, you know what I mean? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. So. I don't know. It might pay off handsomely, and I might need it to, the way this economy is going. So here's the thing, man. Okay? When you hear these like Janet Yellen quotes about it's uh it's not a recession. We're going through a transitionary period where the economy just happens to be shrinking. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Again, man, the semantics of this are ridiculous, but that is the soundbite. It's not this is not an economy that's in a recession. We're going through a transitional period where the economy is shrinking. A recession means what? Your economy shrinking. She's telling us, well, the economy's shrinking, but it's a transitory <laughs> period is what's going on. She's worse than Kamala. I don't know. She's dumb. I don't know. It's, it's a race to the bottom in the White House right now. But you understand, I don't want them to do this poorly. A rising tide lifts all boats. I want the country to flourish regardless of who happens to be running it. This is their problem, okay? Okay. They don't want to own their problems. That is their problem. Okay, the border wasn't a problem. It was seasonal. Now we're just just flat out ignoring it. We've had the highest level of illegal border crossings in the history of this country. It is over a year and a half since he told us it was a seasonal situation. Biden sucks. I mean, think about it. It was seasonal a year and a half ago. The number has gone up every month since, despite the constant changing of the seasons. Okay, but there's no revisit, even though fentanyl's the leading killer in this country for people between the ages of 18 and 45. We were told inflation. That was transitory. It's going to go away. Hasn't gone away. So what did they move on to? Well, it's Putin's price hike. Well, it's ultra maggot. Okay, they don't want to own the problem. Again, this is like having an intervention for somebody. If you can't acknowledge the problem, if you're in that level of denial, there's no way to tackle this. And they would have more credibility if they were honest about their mistakes. Because if you own them and people know their mistakes, people know these crises are affecting us, they at least respect you on an intellectual level. You're smart enough to see what everybody else sees. But when you lie as brazenly as they do about whether or not this is a real problem, it discredits them, number one, but it infuriates people. I've told you this as a parent. There's nothing worse than knowing your kid's lying, giving them 70 different chances to admit they're lying, but they just continue to lie. That's what's going on right now. They want to tell you everything's fine, but deep down when you look around at inflation and crime and gas and everything in between, everything sucks in Mr. Biden's neighborhood.
It's the reality competition that's going viral again. Introducing the Remasked Singer. Mask! California has brought back its indoor mask mandate, and people are bursting into song. Reunited, and it feels so good. People masked up in the neighborhood. Play along as our judges try to figure out why people follow this order. Dr. Fauci, this is fake news. I got a vaccine, so I trust you. Old is new again. On the Remasked Singer. Return of the Mask. There it is. Return of the Mask. Come on. Return of the Mask. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And do not adjust your television sets. That is right. The Remasked Singer. Coming soon to a network near you. California bringing back its indoor mask mandate. At a time when they've experienced three COVID deaths in a population of 10 million in L.A. County. That's stupid. Use your common sense. And this is at a time when Gavin Newsom is literally running ads in Florida, telling them their freedoms are under attack. You know, Florida, where there's no mask mandates, no vaccine mandate, there's no school closures, there's no business lockdowns. That Florida, okay, where people are just running around all willy-nilly, where everybody in the country happens to be moving. I tell you this all the time. You look at states like restaurants. Okay, if there's a three hour wait to get seated, it's probably a pretty good restaurant. If there's no line at all, there's a D hanging in the window from the Board of Health. But they've driven a they've drawn a line through the middle to make the D look like a B. That's probably a shady restaurant. That's what's going on in California. They're telling you that, oh, no, we're running a great state. Everything's going good. You don't understand. California, this is this is where everybody wants to be. That is a fact check false. More people are moving out of California than anywhere else in the country. Even if you adjust it by percentage, they don't want to be there. But one of the reasons they don't want to be there is because of all of this government overreach, like bringing back an indoor mask mandate. But dig this. Okay, a lot of blue states do follow the lead of D.C. bureaucrats like Dr. Fauci who make the rules. And Dr. Fauci is getting ready to make more rules. He's talking about, okay, the fact that we're going to have to start wearing masks indoors again. Indoors is what Dr. Fauci is trying to tell people. Shut up, fool! And that especially means kids. And I bring this up. Why? Because understand, the White House is telling you right now, Joe Biden got COVID and he's fine. It's nothing to worry about. Just a 79-year-old man with COVID. Okay, but in one breath, a 79 year old getting COVID is not a big deal. But in the next, your healthy little kids have to throw on masks. I think he's got a point. Yeah, the point is these people are completely and totally full of. That's the point. Okay, here is Fauci trying to get back on the telly because I've told you this before. And I mean this. I mean, radio buddy. Okay, Dr. Fauci got addicted to being relevant in the news. He got addicted to going on TV. I know this because I've seen it happen to people around me. I am not someone who has a TV background. I was not on TV a lot. I mean, I was not on TV at all up until three or four years ago. I was not on TV a lot up until about a year ago. Now I'm on TV all the time, 10, 12 times a week. It's amazing. I'm having a great time. But if you talk to me, I'm the same guy. I'm not like a lunatic coming up with stories that'll get me back onto the TV. When the phone rings and all the other big name people 
people have canceled, I say yes. You know, when somebody gets stuck in the Midtown Tunnel or the guy who's supposed to trim Geraldo's mustache hasn't gotten here on time, they let me go on TV. I say yes. Okay, but I am not running around when I'm not on camera cooking up devious plots to get me back on. Dr. Fauci got addicted to going on TV. It's cool. You get hair and makeup. He got addicted to hair and makeup. You're sitting in a chair. Somebody comes over and powders my fat face. It's fun. It's kind of neat. Okay, then somebody comes over and kind of tweaks your hair. I know you can't tell from looking at me, but there's a professional that touches up my hair. You'd never believe it from the looks of me. But just imagine where these poor people start to get me to where you see me on TV. But understand, it's a very cool experience. You know, you're kind of being doted on. And there's all kinds of people in the green room and, you know, fascinating celebrities and big media figures and stuff like that. It is a lot of fun. That's why I tell you so much about my day to the point that it annoys some people who listen because they're like, we don't need all this TV inside access. Well, I want those of you who are driving the growth of my career to feel like you've been dealt in on it because you're the ones responsible for all the growth. So as far as I'm concerned, you can have that security clearance. But Fauci is a guy who has been in Washington since 19. 1984. 1984. And you never knew his name till the pandemic hit us just about, oh, I don't know, two years ago. You never, ever, ever heard the guy's name anywhere in the media until two years ago. That is correct. So understand, okay, when he started to go on TV every day, he started to realize, well, this is fun. I'm having a good time. I'm a celebrity. Don't ever forget, he got to throw out the first pitch at a Washington Nationals game. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Missed the strike zone by about 35 feet. Okay, but he was on the cover of all the magazines as he had his own bobblehead doll. He became a celebrity, big celebrity. And as the pandemic started to level out and people's fears started to dissipate, there was less of a reason to have him on TV every day. So he started coming up with reasons to get back on TV, like, oh, you know, changing his mind. Here is Fauci on masks. Tell me if you notice a little bit of a lack of consistency on the issue of masks. People should not be walking around with masks. Let me just state for the record that masks are not theater. Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better. And masks are protective. And we but have- it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. There has not been any indication that putting a mask on and wearing a mask for a considerable period of time has any deleterious effects. There are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying inside there? Of course. You do not need to wear a mask indoors if, in fact, you've been vaccinated. Good that you're vaccinated, but in a situation where you have people indoors, particularly crowded, you should wear a mask. So even if you are vaccinated, you should wear a mask. If, in fact, you are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, you are protected and you do not need to wear a mask outdoors or indoors. When the children go out into the community... You want them to continue to wear masks. You know, if you look at at, at children outside, particularly when they're with the family, uh, walking down the street, playing a game or what have you, don't have to wear a mask. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. Now, do you understand how many times his take on masks changed in that montage? Folks, the science didn't change as many times as his opinions did. So what does that tell you? That tells you he's not following the science. He's following the politics. You are correct, sir. 
That's what he's doing. Okay, it's no different than vaccine mandates. Okay, this is where he started on vaccine mandates. Another question from another student. Would you support a nationwide mandate of the COVID vaccine once it comes out? No, definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. We don't want to be mandating from the federal government to the general population. It would be unenforceable and not appropriate. You suck, you jackass. Do you understand? He has taken every single position on these issues, which along the way discredits his leadership. He lost the locker room a long time ago. Like 70% of Americans don't follow his health advice. Think of it as a football team. If we send a play in and the play comes into the huddle and 70% of the offensive line says they are not going to run that blocking pattern we're asking for, it's really bad news for the quarterback. And that's where we are in public health initiatives. We've seen this guy flip-flop and change so many times, and he denies it. Okay, here is Fauci yesterday saying he never recommended locking down anything. They asked, you know, what about the fact that you're blamed for the lockdowns? And we have all of this data now that conclusively tells us lockdowns made it worse. The states like Florida that remained open have better COVID numbers than the states like California that remained closed. So Fauci was confronted with these lockdowns he ordered and with a straight face says he never locked down anything. It's clip 25. I wonder if you would recommend locking down schools if you had to do it all over again. First of all, I didn't recommend locking anything down. You're you're, you're asking me questions. You're talking about the CDC is the public health agency Mm -hmm. that uses their epidemiologists and their science-based approach to make recommendations. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. Okay, he never, ever recommended locking anything down, he says. Again, the guy's addicted to going on television, so he's talking as if there's no record of his previous appearances on television. Here's Fauci in October of 2020, flat out saying he led the decision to shut everything down. It's clip 26. It was a decision to make a recommendation to the president. It wasn't my decision that I could implement. And when it became clear that when we had... um, community spread in the country with a few cases of community spread. This was way before there was a major explosion like we saw in the Northeastern corridor driven by New York City metropolitan area. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Did you hear that? Okay, let me, did you, did you hear the last line? I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. Now, understand in the previous soundbite what he's trying to say. I didn't shut anything down. I just told him to shut it down. Do you understand? But I'm not the guy who actually shut it down. I'm just the guy who insisted up and down and sideways as our nation's leading epidemiologist that we should shut it down. He should be behind bars. I mean, if he was saying these things under oath, he'd actually be behind bars. He's lying. He's lying brazenly because this is the problem with Fauci. He knows that one side of the country hates him, and rightfully so. Maybe not on a personal level. I don't want you to hate him personally. But the idea of him being in charge, you almost have to hate because the guy has no idea what he's doing. And if he does know what he's doing, that's almost even worse because it means he is strategically trolling the other side. Like, I want to believe he's just getting it wrong a lot. 
But if he's taking these positions just because it's going to piss off Republicans, oh, we'll bring back the mask mandates in California. We don't have any data that says they worked and slowed the spread. I've contradicted myself on the issue 9,000 times. But let's bring back the mask mandate in California just because. Get him out of here. Get him out. Understand, he's telling you with a straight face. And, uh, and there are bigger lies. He was asked on, on special report by Brett Baer. Okay, what about these emails that show you trying to shut down discussion that COVID originated in the lab? Shut down discussion that gain of function played a role. What about those emails? Fauci basically tells Brett Baer, well, I send lots of emails, so you can't just listen to one. Here it is. It's clip 23. Brett, I I know you're a good person. I know you a long time. If you take a group of emails when people are considering and thinking out loud and you stop there and don't look at the weeks of careful examination by those same people that wrote the emails and then say, you know, now that we've looked at it in the published peer review literature, they explain very clearly why they think it's a natural occurrence. The same people who you stopped at this no, point. I understand. But they're the, the same people that are getting funded by reading, you, by you, getting money from you. And they published a piece <sighs> called the proximal origin of SARS in the natural medicine. Did you help edit that piece? No, I did not. You shut your mouth, you bastard. Yeah, you know, just because my emails in the beginning said we can't discuss this, don't go anywhere near this, doesn't mean I didn't want us to go anywhere near this or discuss this. You're a liar. Just because I told the president to shut everything down doesn't mean you should get mad at me for things shutting down. Do you get what's going on here? Fauci is not in the you and me business. He is not in the public health business. He is in the Fauci business, and that's why he's got to go. When I find myself in times of COVID, Dr. Fauci's on TV, sparking mass confusion, CDC. And in two years of the lockdowns, he has screwed us over royally. All the rules keep changing, CDC. CDC, CDC, CDC. And Fauci, no clue what they're doing, CDC. And when the vaccinated people masking up in stores agree, none of this is science, CDC. For though they may be boosted, there is still a chance they'll infect me. What's the point of mandates, CDC? CDC, 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 CDC. Please get Dr. Fauci off TV. CDC, 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 and Fauci. Fire all these morons, CDC. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
It is the high fly and death defying Fox across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here's a little more Fauci for you. Here he's talking about bringing back the masks. Worth pointing out. Uh, I will follow it up with a second Fauci clip to prove my point that he just wants to be guy just wants to be loved. He just likes going on TV. Here's here's clip 20. You are in a zone or a or a or a county, a state or a city that has a very high level of dynamic of viral circulation. The CDC would recommend strongly that you wear a mask in a congregate indoor setting. And that would include schools, places of work, uh, anything that brings people together in a closed uh, environment. That is good public health practice. You don't have a clue. Is it really just wear a mask everywhere for the rest of our lives? How about no? How about the whole point of the vaccine? A vaccine stops you from getting COVID. All right, so now we're admitting we've changed the definition of a vaccine. It doesn't stop us from getting COVID. But the point is, when do you get your freedom back? When do you live life on offense? When do you treat this for what it is? Yes, it's a legitimate thing. But if you're going to beat it 99.9% of the time, that's no reason to corrupt the country 100% of the time. Screw up little kids 100% of the time is masking them is done. But here is Fauci going to CNN saying all he's done is save lives. It's clip 21. There's no reason to do that. But if they want to go ahead, my records are an open book. They are talking about things that are really bizarre, John, like crimes against democracy by shutting down the government. All I have ever done and go back and look at everything I've ever done was to recommend common sense, good CDC recommended public health policies that have saved millions of lives. If you want to investigate for me for that, go ahead. Fauci says he saved millions of lives. You must be crazy. When are you going to stop believing in something that isn't true? Now, technically speaking, Charlie Brown, he may have saved millions of lives with one of his policies. The problem is his policies changed every other day. So it's hard for us to figure out which one of them actually wound up working. Correct the mundo. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. We are fired up in this hour. It's a big episode of Fox Across America. Katie Pavlich is coming up later in the show. But in this hour, the hottest state in the country right now, well, by temperature, it's probably Arizona. But the hottest state of the country in terms of where people are moving is the great state of Florida. And the attorney general of the great state of Florida is going to be joining us in this hour. We're talking about Ashley Moody, the great 38th attorney general of the great state of Florida, is going to stop by to discuss some claims by Kamala Harris, of all people, uh, who attacked Florida's parental rights bill yesterday. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha <laughs> ha! Now, I'm covering this. This is a weird one. And I'm going to tell you why I'm covering this, just so you understand my approach to our show. It's our show. I say it every day. You guys send me ideas. You send me stories, theories. I throw them on the air. Maybe I shouldn't, but I do because it's our show. Okay. The Kamala thing is very interesting to me because right now everyone's posturing for 2024. They're all trying to get poll position. They want to get donor money. They want to get media relevance. They want to be the next person in line because there is no way in hell the people who run the Democratic Party are letting Joe Biden run again. I agree with that. There's no chance. There is no chance that Joe Biden is the Democratic nominee in 2024. They know that internally. 
Okay, they can't say it externally because why? Because he has such a minimal, minimal amount of power and leverage on Washington right now. But the minute you announce that you are a lame duck president, any leverage at all flies right out the window. Tell him like it is. Okay, and that's the problem facing Biden. We all know he's a one-term president. He's going home. Okay, the guy, honestly, you watch him right now, I believe it's cruel that we're making him president in the state he happens to be in. I mean, we're watching the guy shake hands with invisible people. And everybody who defended him last week and said he wasn't shaking hands with an invisible person he was pointing, you're missing the issue here, okay? It's not the hand gesture. It's the lack of a human being for him to be shaking hands with or pointing to. That's a problem. Other world leaders see this. It's a problem. We know he's not going to be the nominee again. We have a president that is clearly not all there. And we know that. No self-respecting person is looking at him and going, no, no, this guy's on top of it. No, no, he's got a mind like a steel trap. Something about the way he quits talking in the middle of a sentence because he's finished that really makes me confident in his abilities to lead the country. I mean, are you kidding me? They don't let the guy out. Okay, he either talks with a teleprompter or they don't let him talk at all. And even sometimes he screws up that and reads the stage direction, like repeat the line, say it again. It's crazy. And for that reason, Biden has the public schedule of a groundhog. Very rarely comes out of the hole. I'm telling you because I care. It's not running again. Okay, everyone in the Democratic Party knows that. Okay, everybody in Washington knows that. That's why they're all quietly meeting with fundraisers. There was reporting last week that Kamala Harris was meeting with some of the bigger donors in L.A. that helped with her Senate campaign because she wants to make another go of it. Now, personally, I think that's hilarious because it's probably the shortest meeting ever. Hey, you want to donate to Kamala? The answer would be no. Okay. well, that being said, she still wants to run. And what I found so interesting about her attacks on Florida is that she's kind of subtly telling us which candidate she's going to be. Aside from the obvious, which is a bad candidate, she's telling us she's going all in on identity politics. She's telling us, and this was the claim straight up, that Florida's parental rights bill, because that's what it's called, it's not called the don't say gay bill, okay, but she's out there flat out telling you that it is, and that Florida won't let people love openly and freely, whatever the hell that means. Now, I got to be honest with you. Florida has one of the biggest gay populations in America, and they're having a great time. You ever go to Key West? They're having a wild time. You ever go to South Beach? They're having a wild time. And good for them. It's the whole point of being alive is to have fun. But all of these attacks on Florida, okay, are not borne out by any fact or reality. Okay, if Florida hates gay people, why are 10 million gay people moving there right now? Okay, if Florida is so oppressive towards minorities, why are more minorities moving to Florida than any other state in the country? Okay, if Florida is taking away people's freedoms, they're telling us DeSantis is a fascist authoritarian. Why do they have less restrictions than any other state in the country? Can you explain why? Put up or shut up. Of course they can't. But as an identity politics candidate, she doesn't have to. Identity politics means get out there as the face of a minority group and say that anyone who doesn't support you is somehow bigoted. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. That's the whole point of identity politics, okay? Vote for me or you're a racist. And she's starting to stake her claim to that grievance movement by trying to get gay voters on board by making a claim that's demonstrably false about the state of Florida.
Okay, here she is. This is clip 34. We are looking at a moment where we can't turn back the clock, right? These are the things that are at stake. The issues that are at stake are voting rights, where, by the way, from the same states, again, where you're seeing restrictions on voting rights, you're seeing restrictions on the right of a woman to choose. So these are issues that impact young people because, as we all know, your, your right to vote and the action of voting unlocks all the other rights, including same-sex marriage, including whether we're going to stand up against a law that says don't say gay, basically restricting kindergarten through third grade teachers in Florida to be able to love openly and teach what they believe is important for people to understand. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. I mean, really think about this for a second. She's talking about states restricting voting rights. Who is she alluding to? Georgia. She's alluding to Texas. They passed voter ID laws that, if you remember, in the identity politics-driven Democratic Party, we were told that it was Jim Crow on steroids to ask someone for ID. This is Jim Crow on steroids, what they're doing in, in Georgia. Think about that. Jim Crow on steroids. This is worse, worse than when they attacked people in those Democratic-run southern states with mobs, fires, and dogs, and Bull Connor, where they charged them... Poll taxes, grandfather clauses, literacy tests, physically denied black people the right to vote through violence. Kamala Harris echoing the sentiments of Joe Biden and saying we're trying to restrict voting rights by asking people for an ID. You're not telling me the truth. But never mind that that's her claim and she's entitled to her claim. This is America. okay? but the fact remains that in the state of Georgia where they passed that voter ID law, Early voting is up 220 percent. Oh, wow. So do you understand when she says things like this, the right to vote is under attack? She's just lying. Okay, the right to love open and freely is under attack. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. If Kamala Harris, okay, and I'm being honest here, because Florida's don't say gay bill, as she described it, does not say the word gay anywhere in the legislation. Not once does it say the word gay, let alone don't say gay. What it does is it bans sex ed for people between the ages of kindergarten and third grade. Doesn't say, doesn't ban gay sex, but teach straight sex. Doesn't ban trans sex, but teach straight sex. It bans all sex. Do you want to know why? Are you ready for it? I mean, here's the thing. Okay, back in the day, we had the good sense to know That anybody who wanted to teach sex to your kindergartner shouldn't be around a kindergartner. Bingo. That's the point. We had a word back in the day for someone who wanted to teach sex to a kindergartner. They were called, oh, I don't know, a pedophile. Okay, this is disgusting. But if you're going to frame this as Florida's against gay people, even though they have the biggest gay population in America and no gay people are fleeing the state right now. You might want to take it up with this fella who didn't exactly sound like a big fan of gay marriage until it became popular politically. Here's clip 39. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law, the Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? 
marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? Uh-huh. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Whoa! Wait, what? Is that Joe Biden telling you marriage is between a man and a woman? What's the game going on here? And are any Democrats calling him out on that? The answer would be no. It's worth noting that the reason they're not calling him out on that is they were all against gay marriage until it became politically expedient to be for it. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. Remember this. Donald Trump. I don't care. I'm not running a Donald Trump radio defense fund. I'll get to him later in the show. Okay, but Donald Trump was in favor of gay marriage 10 years before any Democrat came out in favor of it. Okay, he went to Elton John's wedding to David Furnish. He gave it his endorsement. He wished them the best. He didn't say, what's the game here? This is between a man and a woman. Get the hell out of here. That's what Joe Biden said. It's clip 39. I can't believe the American people can't see through this. We already have a law, the Defense of Marriage Act, where we've all voted, not where I voted and others said, look, marriage is between a man and a woman, and states must respect that. Nobody's violated that law. There's been no challenge to that law. Why do we need a constitutional amendment? Marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? Biden is such a disaster. Do you understand that contradicts the entire Democratic ethos, which only became the Democratic ethos when it was politically expedient? When they saw gay marriage as a politically viable cause in 2012, they ran with the ball. Okay, Barack Obama opposed it as recently as 2010. Joe Biden opposed it his whole life. So this idea that they just love gay marriage and they're supporting the gay community, I got to be honest with you, they don't have the best record on that. Not going to lie. And I am not here to debate whether or not gay marriage should be a thing. It is a thing. Move on with your life. Okay, I can't sit here and watch congressmen that have been married five times lecture me about the sacred institution of marriage. You can't. Yeah, I can't. I'm sorry. Okay, I can't pretend. It's just I don't have it in me. You can tell me that you believe it's between a man and a woman, and you're entitled to believe that, okay? I'm just here to believe that anyone dumb enough who wants to get married should get married. (laughs) Jenny, I love you. I'm kidding. But did you ever think about that? Maybe some of the people that are against gay marriage just want gay people to be happy. I don't know. I'm joking. But there's no bigger joke than Kamala Harris trying to make this about identity politics in the state of Florida. Why? Because they can't run on any idea. They can't run any policy. Like she runs for president in 2024. She doesn't want to run on this inflation. She doesn't want to run on the gas prices. She doesn't want to run on a crime. Although she could run on crime because as a California prosecutor, she was locking people up for life for smoking a joint. Then the wind blew and it was like, no, we don't want to throw anybody in jail anymore. And Kamala was like, let's bail out the protesters in Minneapolis. Kamala is a lying sociopath. Fact check. But this is how disgustingly politically transactional the Democrats happen to be. Kamala Harris was throwing people in jail for 25 years for smoking a joint. But a year later, she's bailing out violent rioters who burnt down black-owned businesses in Minneapolis because it was expedient. Joe Biden's telling you marriage is between a man and a woman. What's the game going on here? Give, give me a break. And in the next breath, they're telling you Florida. Florida is the one against the gay people. That's just how white folks will do you. That's how he did us. Okay. When it comes to Kamala, I don't know what the hell's going on. But here's a news flash. Neither does she. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
Oh, congratulations are in order to one-time Fox Across America guest Alyssa Farah. If you remember, she worked in the Trump White House. She has just landed the role to succeed Meghan McCain on The View. The View is awful. I mean, it's one of the dumbest places in all of television. Don't ever, ever, ever forget Whoopi Goldberg in The View (laughs) recommending that Jill Biden should be the Surgeon General, despite the fact that she's not a doctor. Dr. Jill becomes a Surgeon General. His wife. Yeah. Because Joe, Joe Biden's wife. Because she, you know, she he would been... never do it. But she, she, yeah, she's a hell of a doctor. She's an amazing doctor. I thought she was I a doctor like, in PhD. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't, I, don't, oh, I, don't I could know. be wrong. Yeah, I thought she was yeah, a teacher. I think she's, <laughs> she's, she's a teacher, but. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what they do every day. There's all kinds of self-righteousness, but they have no idea what they're talking about. But I bring up the view not just to congratulate Alyssa, because I do wish her the best in her career. Um, but because Charlemagne, Charlemagne the God, was on The View yesterday. Uh, and if you're familiar with this show, then you know Charles McBee, who comes on this show all the time, is the head writer for Charlemagne's show on Comedy Central. Last season it was called The God's Honest Truth. They have rebranded it, and it is now called Hell of a Week. But the point is my man Charles McBee, who was at my house barbecuing with me and Jenny this past Saturday, uh, he's my dog sitter when Bixby went away. I know the guy well. I know their show well. It's a great show. Charlemagne's a great guy, great show. Uh, he was on The View talking about who's running the country. Here it is, clip 32. I heard that you asked Vice President Harris uh, who's the real president here, Biden or Manchin? Did you yeah. ask her that question? Yeah. What did she say? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> she, 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 didn't, she didn't really uh, give an answer. But, I mean, as you can see, it still seems like uh, President Manchin is currently running, running this country. And I think that was, you know, in hindsight, when you look, people thought I was being harsh by asking that question. But now it's like, well, damn, who, who is running this country? Is it President Biden or he President Manchin? He has a lot Joe of Manchin? power. But here's the thing about Joe Manchin that no one ever brings up in the media. Yes, he's blocking a lot of Biden's legislation as a key critical Democratic vote. But you understand Biden wouldn't need 100 percent support from the Democrats if he's governing in the bipartisan bipartisan fashion that he actually promised us. Do you understand? Joe Biden said he was going to govern for both sides. It was going to be the old days, like Ronald Reagan and Tip O'Neill. And then he got elected and sold out completely to the far left wing of his party. The truth is most of the Democrats love Joe Manchin for getting the block, okay, because that takes them off the hook for having to publicly oppose Biden's legislation as well. But here's the newsflash the Biden administration doesn't want. Even Cory Bush is now refusing to say whether or not Biden should run again, which means he has lost the stupid people. Here it is, clip 30. Do you want to see Biden run for a second term? She's got to go. Yeah, I, you know. Uh, that's an easy question. It's not going to take long. Do you want to see Joe I, Biden I don't want to answer that question because we have not, that's not, yeah, I don't want to answer that question. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, he's the president and he has the right to, to run for a second term. Absolutely. That's, but, right but I don't want to, wanna, I don't, yeah. I don't want, I'd rather you not do that okay, answer. It's a yes or no question. That's an easy question. Not going to take long. Do you want to see him run? I don't want to answer that question because we've not. That's not. Yeah, I don't want to answer that question. He's the president. He has the right to run. But I don't want to answer that question. What is she really telling you? Biden sucks. Dude, Cory Bush is the stupidest person in elected office. With all due respect to AOZ and Maisie Hirono, she's the dumbest one out there. When you've lost the dumbest person, there's no saving you, Joe. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
And if the band sounds fired up, it's because they are. Every once in a while, the producer of this show just likes to show off and bring in cool people just to show us what kind of pull he has. Well, doesn't get any cooler than the 38th Attorney General from the great state of Florida who joins us now, A.G. Ashley Moody in the house. Hello, hello. Hello, good afternoon. Love the introduction. Thank you. Uh, I'm My saying. My would not call me cool. <laughs> yeah, I, have the, I have the same problem. I'm on TV a lot, and every time I come home from, from you know, Fox, my kid just heckles me in the living room. Is there any parent out there that gets the credit for oh. being successful? <laughs> I'm right there with you, although mine always says, Mommy, you just seem so angry. And I said, Connor, there's a lot to be angry about right now. He doesn't understand that. Well, listen, Connor's got a good racket if he's not worked up because it means he's missing out on some of this insanity. And I think that's the point of childhood a little bit, right? Yeah, you know, we try to um, keep him as up to date in terms of world issues. And certainly we're trying to raise him with good principles and values, but I do I do like to keep him out of the insanity and madness that we're experiencing right now. So, mm-hmm. he, you know, it's funny. He's right, though. Uh, mm-hmm. The longer I am given to talk about an issue, as much as I try to hide my passion, it, it, it tends to come out the longer I go. OK, well, I'll, I'll, I'll be ready to cut you off at every turn. Just all right. Let's go. Brace yourselves. <laughs> let's go. You guys in the control room. Uh, I kid. Well, let's start. Let's Let's start here, because obviously I'm thrilled that you joined us today. Your state's really happening right now. And I always tell the rest of the country, I look at states like restaurants. Your state is the restaurant that has a three-hour wait to get in, which means people really like the restaurant. But oddly enough, there's a lot of criticism coming at your state from other restaurants, you know. And I think one of the reasons you guys are as popular as you are uh, and, and why I think it's ironic that other governors like Gavin Newsom are taking shots at your governor, Ron DeSantis, is your state has been the pro-freedom state uh, through the last two years of lockdowns and pandemics and school closures and mandates. And I feel like the statistics have borne you guys out as doing the best job in this country while maintaining an eye on safety and, and the preservation of life. But you guys seem to have threaded that needle in a way nobody else has. Do you think on some level you are resented for that? You know, I think always we, you know, we've had uh, leaders in in place for decades now that have governed the same way we did during the pandemic. No one would welcome or want a pandemic. But what the last two years did was uh, really under a pressure cooker situation because the results of decisions were so much more immediate. uh, You saw on how one one level states would say we know what's right and best for you for the health, safety, and welfare of your family. Therefore, because we know, we are going to tell you what to do, and you will thank us for it. Trust us. (laughs) And on the other hand, you had Florida, who said, we're going to look at the data. We're going to do the best we can during this time for the health and safety and welfare of your families. But we're also going to do so with our understanding and our principles of understanding why government is, in fact, made up of we the people, we're going to do so with an eye and a lens on how do we do so respecting the rights and liberties and freedom of our citizens, because both are possible. You know, the two aren't mutually exclusive. And because the results were so immediate, people are like, huh, even though we've been governing the same way for, you know, decades, because the results were so dramatic and effective and immediate, people are like, maybe they're onto something there in Florida And now we're seeing that Florida is leading the nation in net migration. 
They're all heading your way. If you're just joining us, Florida's Attorney General Ashley Moody is on the line. I have not gotten her worked up to curse yet. Stick with me. Um, <laughs> it's not. Don't worry. We're playing defense. We we mamas try to avoid that at all costs. You know, you play good defense, and I respect that. I love that about you. But <laughs> but one of the things that also, like, it, it really jumps out at me as kind of crazy is that your state, and this isn't the crazy part, your state has been pro-police at every turn, even at times when it wasn't politically expedient. I mean, you've even been openly courting officers from out of state. I've even seen stuff in your Twitter feed where you're expressing your own appreciation for law enforcement. Are you surprised on any level to see politicians anywhere that have shown just such a lack of appreciation for cops? Not just surprised. It it breaks my heart. I I mean, I've been a I've been a federal prosecutor. I've been a judge before becoming the attorney general. And I'm also the wife of a career law enforcement officer. And one of the reasons I resigned from the bench and decided to run to become the attorney general in Florida was because I was seeing the morale, the the shift in, in respect and appreciation for the nobility of that profession. And I knew we needed somebody in the role of top cop that would reinforce that those that execute faithfully our laws are integral to a state, a nation under the rule of law. I mean, that just makes common sense. I actually uh, talked a lot about that when I ran to become the attorney general. That was, you know, a year before we experienced all that happened, really two years before we experienced all that happened uh, in 2020. And so I had already been in place formulating programs to bolster trust in law enforcement, a back the blue campaign, a thin line tribute event where we went around the state and celebrated even these small municipal police officers who, you know, unfortunately, cops only get recognized in the media when something goes heroically right or tragically wrong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's those that wake up day in, day out and put on not just a badge, but a bulletproof vest for the safety of their communities. We have to be, uh, you know, not only supporting that, but encouraging more people to follow in their ranks because, you know, vacant officer positions are a problem for everyone and a stable and safe society. So, yes, we have been solid. And when people around the nation were talking about cutting funding and defunding police and, you know, when when actual municipalities were cutting budgets by a billion dollars, our governor DeSantis was talking to me about how can we increase pay? How can we recruit more? How can we support training? How can we give them bonuses for moving here? As Attorney General, I started a Be a Florida Hero program. Mm -hmm. We have cops moving here from all over the nation. Just met with one yesterday that moved from Chicago with his family. He said, I was so tired of being on duty, being called names. And when we would take cases to the prosecutor's office, they wouldn't even prosecute half the time. He's like, I needed a change. We wanted Florida, and so we, they just moved down here, and that is happening every day. Oh, good for him. And I, and I know that is the case, and it's, it's so fascinating to me because we've seen a society, at least on the left, where they've developed more empathy for the criminal than the cop that's trying to protect us. And that's the part that just drives me nuts because crime, people try to make crime a political issue, but it's not like a black and white issue. It's a right or wrong issue. Like, this affects everybody. And, and, and when I see this indifference to crime, 
crime. It's no different than the indifference I see at the border. You know, Republicans are real hopped up about the border, as they should be. It's the front door to our house. And, you know, fentanyl's the leading killer of Americans between the ages of 18 and 45. But the Democrats are trying to frame this as a political issue, as if the drugs coming into this country only kill members of one party. But as an attorney general, I mean, you've seen firsthand, like, this is a problem that doesn't happen in Texas and stay in Texas. It goes everywhere, does it not? Absolutely. And you have hit the nail on the head. I I tell this to anyone that will listen. And I really think America is having, and I will put it in young teenager terms, a wait what moment? You know, (laughs) wait what? People thought always supporting law enforcement, ensuring, ensuring bad, violent people were behind bars where they couldn't hurt your family. This was a given. Uh, Certainly, we may have political difference out there and and differences of opinions and parties, but at the core, we all believed in the rule of law and enforcing the law and making sure our families were safe. And, you know, I think folks are standing around with their mouths wide open that this has become – how did this happen where we are arguing on two sides of the fence on these fundamental issues? And you're absolutely right. The border – Put simply, is exactly what's happening in our large cities and states right now in terms of having executive leaders that want folks to trust them to run the executive branch. And, hey, the definition of that means you enforce the laws. They get in office, and then they drop the ball. They don't do it. They they ignore it, Uh, and that's what you're seeing. The president is ignoring his duty to enforce the public safety immigration laws at the border, and you're seeing politicians, mayors, state attorneys, DAs in these cities that were once thriving and great because, you know, you could insure a business or a family. Look, if you reside here, if you do business here, we're stable. We'll protect you. If someone comes after you, we've got you. You can't trust that anymore. No. You can't trust that that will happen automatically because someone runs to be a leader in your community. And so, uh, you know, this uh, now when these leader mayors and other state attorneys are talking about what's going on in our communities, I mean, look at the affect. We have rising murder and rising violent crime. Well, because you stopped enforcing the law. It's not rocket science. Do your job and things will change. Oh. And so you've nailed it. The border is exactly what's happening in our big cities right now. Oh, it's so true. We're talking to Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody. And I have to tell you, I hope Connor was listening to this interview because you didn't sound angry at all. You were spot on. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. And I will make sure I let him know. Seriously, he owes you a cookie. You know, sometimes we give the kids a cookie. He owes you a toy or something like that. So you tell Connor, Fox Across America said mommy got an A plus today, okay? We'll do it. I appreciate your time. Let's do it again soon. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. You got it. There she goes. The great Ashley Moody, 38th Attorney General from the great state of Florida, did not snap on the air. She told us on the way in, the longer you let her talk about some of these issues, you... I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! But she held it together! But I could feel, I could actually feel it coming. The border issue, when you talk to attorney generals, you've heard the Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich on here from time to time. People are losing their mind over this issue. I mean, people who care are losing their mind. Why are they losing their mind? If you're listening to me for the first time, I'm going to really oversimplify this, but in a way that's true. It's not a, you know, some gross oversimplification to hyper-contextualize the debate so my side sounds correct.
I'm just talking to you human to human. The border is the front door to our house. Look at the country like it's a house because it is, okay? It's a front door, back door, side door, all of that stuff. The border is the front door to our house. And the reason every other country in the world is restricting access at its border is because like your house, you just want to know who's coming in and going out. You just want to know what they're up to, what their intentions are, why they're here. All of you lock the doors at night in your house. Okay, if if you're lucky enough to live in an area where you don't have to and you're or you're just armed to the teeth, hoping somebody walks in, you know, if Clint Eastwood is listening, go ahead and make my day. I get it. But the vast, vast, vast majority of the people listening lock the house, lock the front door. Okay, the vast majority have a front door. We don't even have a front door right now is the issue. And this is a humanitarian crisis for everyone. The people coming here. Okay, the New York Times, of all places, has an article today saying that human trafficking at our border has become a billion-dollar industry. Organized crime now getting involved to fill the void where the cartels aren't able to keep up with demand. Billions of dollars are changing hands at our border to smuggle people in. Why? Because you can't. You can get in touch with people who want to sneak into this country and say, yeah, I'll get you in if the thing is wide open. If there's a wall there, it's blocking people. There's enhanced security you can't get through. It's hard to sell somebody that promise if you can't deliver on it. But that humanitarian crisis that's resulting in people getting killed and certainly sexually assaulted by cartels, 30 percent of the women who cross this border get sexually assaulted. If a million women have crossed the border in the last year and a half, yo, we're talking about over 300,000 rapes. We should care about that, but there's an indifference to it in Washington. And when it comes to the suffering, when it comes to our side of the humanitarian crisis, yes, in these towns you do see spikes in violent crime, but bigger than that are the drugs. Fentanyl doesn't come across the Texas border or the Arizona border and just sit there like we made it. Who's got a lounge chair? No, it keeps going to every other state in the country. And it's the leading cause of death between the ages of 18 and 45. But you don't hear about it. You hear about COVID. You hear about monkeypox. You hear about using the right pronouns. But we're not picking the right battles because the things that are actually killing Americans are subject to what's going on at our southern border. But that border happens to be a monstrous liability for the people who happen to be running the country right now. So they're not really going to worry about you because you know this. I say it every damn day. They don't worry about you because they're just way too worried about them. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're listening to the most addictive show on the radio. This is crack, rock cocaine. It isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
80s one-hit wonder and emotion. Singing about a recession, but here's Corinne Jean-Pierre refusing to define what we're in. It's clip three. What is exactly the White House's definition of a recession? Again, we don't, we don't, I'm not going to define it from here. I'm just going to leave it to the NBER, as as we have stated, of how they define uh, recession. They have declared one. I'm just saying that we're just not going to define it. We use the indicators that the NBER, uh, uh, the National Bureau of Economic Research, have, have used. We've mentioned that a few times. Why'd she do that, Jim? Because she's a clown. We're not going to define a recession because, you know, in the dictionary, a recession is when the GDP shrinks two consecutive quarters, which it has. So let's just not define a recession. That's her answer. Can you imagine being that stupid? No. But again and again and again, all of these problems, I'm trying to help. Okay, if you want to solve problems, acknowledge their existence. We're in a recession. Fine. Big deal. Okay, don't worry about the political costs. You want to know why? Because if you worry about the personal cost, if you actually help solve this problem, you bail people out, they'll reward you politically. Okay, that's the God's honest truth. This is what Biden keeps getting wrong. Okay, if he wanted to put some distance between himself and the recession, the shrinking economy, fire some of your economic advisors. Say, hey, they did a bad job. They're out of here. Okay, the buck stops here. But right now, the buck isn't stopping here. And oh, by the way, it happens to be a buck 47 because of all the inflation. But this is why they can't get out of the problem. They just don't want to acknowledge that they've caused it, regardless of who's caused it. Just acknowledge that it's a problem because if you solve the problem, most of your own problems will go away. But everybody is a prisoner of the moment. They're so worried about today's news cycle that they can't address tomorrow's issues. And that is why they're screwed. I admire your honesty. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up in this hour because Katie Pavlich, senior editor at Town Hall, Fox News contributor. She's got a new show coming out on Fox Nation. She drops by to call balls and strikes with your radio buddy. In an interview, I am amped. I love, I love talking to KP. Because she tells you the truth. And man, oh boy, oh man, is there a shortage of that in Washington right now where we're still busy rewriting the dictionary to combat the meaning of a word inflation at a time when we should probably just be, oh, I don't know. I don't know. This is going to sound crazy. But what if we just solve the problem instead? I think he's got a point. It would go a long way, but we're not going a long way right now. We're kind of in reverse as far as GDP is concerned, as far as the country is concerned. But it doesn't mean we're in a bad mood. I say every day on this show, it's an audio safe space for cool people. If you're listening on the legendary WNIX down in Greenville, Mississippi, the one rule as we begin day two of broadcasting on your precious airwaves is you can be a Republican on the show. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a... That is all we ask every day, whether you're here or you're coming to see me in person. I should remind you once a show I do uh, that I will be at the Encore in the Lake of the Ozarks on August the 19th. That is a Friday night. Tickets for that available at Ticketmaster.com. The following week, I will be in Carson, Carson, Nevada, at the Carson Nugget. Uh, Tickets for that Friday night, August the 26th, Saturday night, August the 27th. They are on sale at CCNugget.com. 
ccnugget.com. ccnugget.com. Come hang in Carson. It's going to be a rowdy one. Hell, it was really rowdy last time. And uh, it's like a VIP experience. You can always go see a guy you know from TV in person, pay some money to do it. But at Carson, they tack on a meet and greet after the show. And I tack on, I don't know, maybe you giving me a ride to the pawn shop after I lose all my money at the blackjack table. You might have to get me to the airport for all I know, depending on how it goes. I'm a little bit of a mess out there. Have you ever had a check? I have. And to my surprise, they did not find anything. Uh, But here's the deal at the tippy top of this hour. I always say what? Fox Across America is America's family meeting. If it's on your mind, it's on my show. Okay, something I'm going to get to later in this hour after I talk to after I talk to Katie is the fact that Mike Pence spoke in Washington this morning and Donald Trump is scheduled to speak in Washington later this afternoon when we get off the air. The hot topic, of course, being 2024. Now, why are we having all of these conversations about 2024 this early in the administration? It's because the people in charge of our government right now have no idea what they're doing. I'm Kamala Harris, and I approve this message. I mean, really think about that. Biden is polling at 30 percent. 30 percent. He's polling below where Trump was at this point in his presidency. Why is that significant? Because at this point in the Trump presidency, he had the entirety of the media pretending he was a Russian asset controlled by Vladimir Putin. At this point in the Biden presidency, he has had up until now the entirety of the media pretending he was sane and coherent. You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with uh, with uh, I don't know. uh, This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. Does he ever? And that's the problem, okay? We've entered garbage time in a presidency. Okay, you know when you're watching a football game or an NBA game, one team is up by 50 points, and the announcers are like, what are we going to do now? (laughs) Let's look around the stands. Maybe there's somebody getting engaged. I don't know. You know, maybe there's a girl that doesn't have her top on, you know. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. The point is, okay, they run out of things to discuss as it pertains to the play of the game because it's garbage time. It's over. The Biden presidency is over on a substantive level. They don't have the majorities in Congress to pass any meaningful legislation. And once the midterms come and go, they're going to lose everything imaginable, at which point he's a lame duck president, whether he wants to admit it or not. OK, and that's the issue that we're dealing with in this moment. Trump and Pence are both out there veritably campaigning. OK, there's a lot of DeSantis rumblings down in Florida. Gavin Newsom's running commercials. Kamala Harris claiming with a straight face that she could be a viable candidate as well. Yeah, it's never going to happen. But we're having this conversation. Why? Because Biden has brought the country into garbage time less than two years into the game that was supposed to go for. It is a mess. And that's the issue we're facing right now. And that's the issue Reese wants to talk about out in Sheridan, Wyoming. Yo, Reese, what's happening? How are you, Jimmy? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm, you know what? I'm holding it together, Reese. But I definitely, according to the producers, needed some backup. So they said, put Reese on the air. He might be able to save the show. Are you feeling up to it? I don't know if I can save your show, but I can definitely give you a cowboy perspective from the cowboy (laughs) state. Okay, well, way to manage expectations. Thanks for that. Uh, What is the cowboy perspective? No problem. (laughs) You know... We are we're we're really lucky where we're at today in this country in that we have a a former president that is willing to run again. Mm-hmm. He hasn't announced it yet, but 
if Biden is going to ever get reelected or Kamala with her, you know, weird laugh that your son imitates, like that's <laughs> uh, that's not going to be a good thing. Right. No. But at the end of the day, we're we're really lucky to be where we're at. And uh, we got better days ahead of us for sure. Yeah, no question. And that's that's good cowboy perspective right there is it is a mess, but it's important that you don't lose the perspective of knowing things are going to get better. Like they're going to get better pretty quickly, too, after the midterms. If for no other reason, then it's going to stop, you know, the Democrat advance on a lot of the things that are important to the function of this country. A lot of the radical left wing sellouts like green energy are going to stop happening. Guys like Fauci are going to lose a lot of that bureaucracy. Democratic power, because if the Republicans take back the House, they're dragging his butt to Capitol Hill to testify every damn day till he's either out of office or sitting in a jail cell. So you do have that going right. for you. Um, let me ask you this quick question well, then before I get to Katie Pavlich. Can I just ask you one more question? Um, I know you like the yeah, idea sure. of another Trump run. Are you concerned on any level that he might have too much baggage, meaning not too much for you, not too much for me, but for the rest of the country? Well, the last time I talked to you, mm-hmm. it was like, what? at what point do we just tell them to, like, just pound sand? We're going to do it our way. Mm-hmm. They can do it their way. Mm-hmm. That's the way that our country has got to go. But I got a lot of appreciation for your conversation with John Rich yesterday and mm-hmm. that he was like, you know, I, I worry about the people that care about Biden. Mm-hmm. And I worry about those people, too, like. How come nobody's like stepping in there and saying like, "All right, dude, you've had you've had your day. Let's uh, let's step to the side." Do you so want to? Do you, I'll answer your question when you hang up. This was a brilliant call, and I got Katie Pavlich coming up. But there's two words why they won't say this to Joe Biden, and those words are President Kamala. Those are the two words, Reese. You have a good day, okay, buddy. I'm telling you the truth. Everybody who says, "Ah, oh, this is cruel that they're doing this to Biden," it actually is cruel. Okay, but you know what's crueler? Making the rest of the country deal with President Kamala. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Tackling issues of the day in an easy way. He's all man. He's a big, strong-looking guy. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up to talk to this next guest. Not only an amazing Fox News contributor, a superstar Fox Nation host. She's the only person I know who'd shoot a deer in a pair of high heels. General in the Fox (laughs) News fashion army, General Katie Pavlich in the house. Hey, girl. Oh, hey. There it is. There it is. Uh, So I'm just I'm just laughing. I have to know you have a show out. It's coming out on Fox Nation. It's called Luxury Hunting Lodges of America. Congratulations. But I have to thank you. I'm excited. Well, I have to ask you, this is the only hunting show in history that probably has a bigger wardrobe budget than an ammo budget. Yes or no? (laughs) Um, I think next time I should negotiate a wardrobe budget. (laughs) Much of it was my own fashion. Okay. Which is, you know, like you said, some of the best fashion in the entire industry, I might add. No, um, no it was really fun. I got an opportunity to wear, like, my cowboy boots and my, my Western 
jewelry and my cowboy hat, and uh, we just had a really awesome time. There was an instance in Louisiana, however, where I didn't wear my tall rubber boots, and I got oh. eaten alive by oh, fire my. ants. Um, that part didn't make it into the show, but it did happen. <laughs> so it's you know it's called Luxury Hunting Lodges of America, but it wasn't all easy and fun or spa treatments, so to speak. It was lots of hard work. So oh, I, um, it was a great show, and I'm really excited about it. Well, listen, I, I'm excited about it. I'll, I'm going to be watching the hell out of it, but I, I, I have to laugh at how you guys keep pulling these Fox Nation rackets where you just get a TV show to go do what you want. Like, by this metric, <laughs> I should get a show called Jimmy Eats Pizza and Plays Video Games. Like, where is that show? Jimmy, you have a show, a radio show, where That's you true. do the same thing every day. Okay? You get to talk about fashion, you get to make jokes. Like, you're living the dream, you know? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not complaining. I'm just, I'm just slightly envious, that's all. But I, I get it. Uh, let me ask you, is it, is, is it true that Joe Biden is not going to be at the lodge because you were afraid he might shoot at an invisible target? Yeah, we uh, Joe Biden does not make any appearances at the uh, on the show. We, we looked at how he tried to shake hands with the air a few times. Yo, it was not right. so safe. Thanks, <laughs> the, hold on. In the Thank vicinity you. of what we were doing. Thank I, you. I was shooting a flamethrower at one point, and I just figured it wasn't safe for him to be around. <laughs> it's not safe for him or the invisible man, you know? And so, all yeah. right. I bring this up because I have this obsession, and I apologize to my audience for bringing it up again, but I keep bringing it up. When he shook hands with the Invisible Man, the immediate defense was, oh, he's not shaking hands, he's pointing. But is the hand gesture's not the issue. It's the fact that the person's invisible, no? Yeah, uh, either way. Whether he's pointing at someone who doesn't exist or trying to shake hands with the air, either one is, is not good. And I think the reason why you've seen the White House keep his doctor away over the past five days as he's been dealing with COVID is yep. not because they're worried about questions about COVID. They're worried about questions about that and other instances. So uh, that's yep. clearly why they're keeping the press away from the doctor. So, so true. We're talking to the great Katie Pavlich, her new show, Luxury Hunting Lodges of America. It's all over Fox Nation. Go check it out. It's gangbusters. We love it. But the truth is, you're yep. right. If they sent Biden out there, we all remember the famous Ronnie Jackson press conference where Trump was in office like a half hour and Ronnie Jackson was like, he's healthy. And they were so apoplectic. They were screaming at him like if they had rocks, they would have thrown rocks at Ronnie Jackson that day. But there's mm-hmm. there's no interest in that Biden scrutiny. And I only bring that up because it kind of parallels with the recession thing. There's a weird effort being made at like image control, at like perception over reality when we're rewriting the definition of the word recession. Yeah, I mean, they they try to keep arguing that even if the GDP number is confirmed tomorrow, we've already had some pre numbers from the Atlantic Federal Reserve Bank showing that it's second quarter of negative GDP, GDP growth, which is the definition of a recession. Uh, and it, it started on July 1st. It didn't start at the end of July, and it certainly won't be, you know, in six months when the, the board decides to make a, quote, official decision. Now you have the White House trying to get ahead of it by changing the definition as if they change the definition of the word recession, it somehow will change everybody's economic situation at yeah. home, mm-hmm. uh, as if it will make, you know, the $500 more a month every family is paying in grocery increases with inflation and gas price increases, not to mention what we're going to see with health care prices going up here when people start open enrollment in a couple of months. It doesn't change people's actual situation. And then, you know, if you're talking to them like what their own experience isn't happening, they get pretty offended and irritated because they can clearly see what's going on because they're feeling what's going on and quite literally are watching their money get burned away 
at the grocery store with fewer products for a higher price, um, and they're worried about their families. And I think like 56% of the country now is living paycheck to paycheck as a result of the Biden inflation crisis, which they want to make worse through all these green energy spending sprees that they're trying to continue to push. So, yeah, I mean, if you have a bad policy, no amount of communication can change the effect. And the problem for the Biden administration is that because they passed the American Rescue Act plan, which no Republicans voted for, by the way, Mm -hmm. at the beginning of his presidency, it's like you can't redo it. Like it's out there. It's like a a horse that's left the barn. You know, Mm -hmm. once it's gone, you can't get it back. And that's where they are. It's very difficult to fix it. And the only solutions are painful, whether it's the Federal Reserve raising interest rates, which whether it means unemployment needing to go up to six or seven percent to even things out, the housing crisis um, coming. I mean, None of the solutions to the problems that the Democrats cause the economy are going to be easy or painless. No, it's such a good point. We're talking to the great Katie Pavlish. Here's a metric no one talks about on cable news, probably for good reason. But I noticed the other day I was changing channels. I was on the road doing stand-up. I was in my hotel, and I was changing channels, and the Price is Right was on, and no one can get, no one can get the answers right anymore. Because all of the prices have gotten so stupid. Everybody's like a dollar fifty and they're like yeah. six bucks. And the guy's like, Whoa. What? It's crazy. Yeah, you gotta triple everything. You gotta think about like, okay, is it coming to can? Where's it you know, where's it, is it, you Does know, it get shipped? Everything comes with Yeah, everything comes to the store in a, in a diesel truck, so that you gotta factor in the gas price to that. Uh yeah, so I, I just triple everything and you it might be spot on. Gosh, it's even ruining game shows now. Come on, Katie Pavlich. You're killing me. Watch that. Well, I know. It's not my fault. It's Joe fault. I kid. We'll take him hunting, distract him, do something. Well, here's the no, thing. We're not doing that. No, I'm <laughs> not doing that. Yeah, you can't take you can't take his kid either because he has like a felony gun racket on his record, technically. Exactly. So there's that. Yeah. Nope, he's not allowed either. Well, that's so funny. I'm talking about uh TV because I saw we played a Fauci clip earlier where he's trying to like muscle back on TV. Do you think on some level he just got addicted to getting hair and makeup like we do when we go on TV? Because he was again. <laughs> Kitty, he's been in Washington since '84. He was never on TV till 2020. Do you think he just likes gossiping in the in the green room? Do you think that's what this comes down to? Oh, I think he loves uh, the attention. He's a narcissistic, sociopathic um, government bureaucrat who is arrogant in the sense that he's been put up on this pedestal not only just for for years in his position. I mean, going back to the AIDS crisis, there are people calling him the C-SPAN when he was taking calls, saying that he should resign. As a result of him mishandling that entire crisis, and he arrogantly laughed about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been paid over four hundred thousand dollars a year in the government. He's the highest paid government employee in the federal government. Um, and then he had his great moment with the pandemic, where he was able to have everybody, including the president, President Trump, listen to what he had to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was wrong on nearly all of it. Uh, and now uh, I think he's trying to get ahead of a Republican Congress, possibly, to get his talking points out there in the media um, before he's forced to testify about his role in the gain-of-function technology that was happening in the Wuhan lab um, and the, you know, the way that they handled um, the restrictions and, and the way that they forced people out of their you – know, into lockdown. You know, he's lying about how he'd never – recommended that the country be locked down yep. when he was quite literally out there saying, so I think we should have locked down harder. Not only should we have locked down, we should have locked down harder. Um, so he's a liar and he's like one of, he's a perfect example of how dangerous it can be for someone like him to be in government for so wrong with mm-hmm. for so long mm-hmm. and wrong yep. uh, with no accountability. <laughs> 
It's, no, it's 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 spot on. It's it's a thousand percent. And like he forgets that we're playing football in this day and age with instant replay, where we can mm-hmm. go back right. and play the clip of what he previously said. We played a side by side earlier with what you quoted. I never said mm-hmm. to lock down, and then we play an earlier clip where he's like, "Oh, I wanted to lock down everything. It was crazy. It was nuts." Yeah, but, but you right. get it, and it's it's. But, yeah, but it's, I think Americans get it. No, yeah. they do. But I'm going to cut you off because we have 30 seconds to go. One of the frustrating parts of watching Fauci is you feel like you can never escape. But watch this, Katie Pavlich. You can by going to Fox Nation and watching luxury <laughs> hunting lodges of America. How about yes. that for a segue and a closer? Yes, the show is on tomorrow. So binge for the weekend. Binge tomorrow, binge for the weekend. Get your rhinestones on, kids. We're going hunting. Get them on. <laughs> <laughs> the best. The general. In the Fox News Fashion Army, the great Katie Pavlich. Check her out on Fox Nation. You're the best. We are back after this. Introducing Recession by Calvin Klein. A fragrance so good, it's hard to define. And what is exactly the White House's definition of a recession? Again, we don't, we don't, I'm not going to define it from here. Made from a patented blend of inflation and high fuel prices, recession will have all the hot and horny girls in denial. This is not an economy that's in recession, but we're in a period of transition in which growth is slowing. Recession will give you the confidence to take on any challenge. I am uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental fil- my physical as well as my mental fil- fitness. Recession. recession is so strong. It's causing women and men to lose their minds. I keep forgetting I'm president. Recession by Calvin Klein, a fragrance that always does the job until there's no more jobs out there. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And yes, the looming recession has a lot of people looking past Joe Biden in 2024. You've heard all of these articles about Gavin Newsom. He's going to be your next president. David Axelrod said as much. He is, of course, a chief strategist for Barack Obama. So if Axelrod is talking up Newsom, that means Obama is talking up Newsom. Tell it like it is. But there's also a faction out there telling us that Kamala Harris could be the next president. (laughs) Yeah, I seriously do hope you took away their car keys, whoever floated that one in the media last week. But getting past Biden, we're also getting discussion now on the Republican side of town that not only should we be moving past the 2020 Democratic candidate, but the Republican candidate as well. Here is Mike Pence speaking earlier today in D.C., saying it's time for Republicans to look towards the future. Check it out. Clip 26. I truly do believe that elections are about the future. And that it's absolutely essential at a time when so many Americans are hurting, so many families are struggling, that we don't give way to the temptation to look back. But I think the time has come for us to offer a bold, positive agenda to bring America back. And I'll continue to carry that message all across this nation. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, Trump didn't sound. (laughs) I don't know that Trump was happy with that speech. But here's the thing. 
Trump is getting ready to speak in Washington shortly after we go off the air here in a few minutes. You're about to hear the greatest speech you've ever heard. And I bring this up. Why? Because obviously Trump and, you know, all of the inclinations, all of the scuttlebutt out there has people thinking he's about to come back down the escalator and try to pull a Grover Cleveland, become the second man in history to serve two non-concurrent terms in the White House. But this Pence speech today, I got to be honest, man, if you were listening to the speech, what he was basically saying, you know, elections, in my opinion, are about looking towards the future, not looking back. That's a very subtle dig, a very subtle dig at the man he served under. Get him out of here. Get him out. Here is a little more of that Pence speech. And I want to comment on this once you hear it. It's clip 25. For four years, we advanced the policies that I just described without apology, to promote a a growing economy, to secure our border. We appointed more than 300 conservatives to our federal courts at every level, including three Supreme Court justices. We rebuild our military, all of what I described. And I'll always be grateful for the opportunity to serve as vice president. So I don't know that our movement is that divided. I I don't know that the president and I differ on issues, but we may differ on focus. So that's the president and uh, that's the former vice president anyway, telling you that he and Trump may differ on focus. What does that mean? Just so we're on the same page here. It's Pence's way of telling people out there, prospective donors who might, oh, I don't know, throw a couple of bucks to his campaign. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Please give us money. Okay, what he's basically saying to those donors who might please give us money is this differentiating differentiating different views. I'm going to say this in English. I'm going to spit this. What the hell did you just say? (laughs) Hit the SAP button on your remote so you can hear today's broadcast in English. What he's basically saying is one of us wants to focus on policy. The other wants to relitigate the 2020 election. That's what he's doing. It's a subtle dig at Trump. I, to be honest with you, I don't think it's very subtle at all. I think everybody knows what he means by it. But he's basically saying, hey, the only way we lose this 2024 election is if it becomes a referendum on the 2020 election. That's what he's saying. OK, and he's not wrong. OK, this is the one liability. I took so many of your phone calls yesterday about whether or not Trump should run. Actually, the vast majority of you said, yeah, Trump should run. They said, we know the guy brings baggage to the table. One of the analogies you guys gave me is, yeah, your airline pilot could be a little nutty in his personal life, but if he can land the plane, the mission was a success, which I would agree with. But in this instance, you might not be able to board the plane, let alone fly it and land it, if this whole thing becomes a debate about the 2020 election. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. One of the reasons I've been telling people privately and publicly that I don't think Trump is going to run again is because in order to do so, at some point, he would have to admit he lost in 2020 and move on. Otherwise, it's going to become a huge liability because, again, with inflation raging out of control, the border is out of control. Gas prices are at an all-time high. Fentanyl deaths are at an all-time high. Our foreign policy is a laughing stock on the world stage. Okay, people will vote out the Democratic Party if this is the focus of our election. Like if you look at the polling, the economy is the number one, two and three issue for all intents and purposes. The things the Democrats are running on climate change doesn't get one percent 
abortion gets not even, I don't less than 5%. They thought this was going to be the big issue that swung the midterms for them. Wrong. Not even close. So the point is the election as presently constituted with Democrats running on climate change, unlimited abortion, and an anti-science platform that says there's no biological differences between men and women. Boys have a penis, girls have a vagina. But if that's how the the actual election shapes out, the Democrats are going to get absolutely positively smoked in not only 2022 for the midterms, but 2024. That is correct. So you have to understand what Pence is saying to the Republican base is not, you know, personal animosity between him and Trump. And I can't speak to whether or not there is any, but he is telling you the truth. You know, the one liability to Trump running is this becomes an election that's all about Trump. You know, all of the sensationalism in the media. Again, you might not buy it, but enough of the country bought it the last time around to beat the guy. And you can tell me about, you know, I watched 2000 mules and all that stuff went on and everything in between. Listen, I don't get on the air and tell you there wasn't a lot of chicanery in the 2020 elections. Okay, I'm the first guy to tell you. I read Molly Hemingway's book cover to cover. And yes, the big tech oligarchs interfered by borrowing the Hunter Biden laptop story. Mark Zuckerberg and his 550 million bucks helped get out the Democratic vote, the loosening of restrictions. Okay, the ballot harvesting that went on, there was a lot of chicanery in the election. But what I'm trying to say to you is Attorney General Bill Barr was on the show. He said on our air, yes, there was chicanery in the election, just not on the level that Trump was being told by his supporters. Now, why is that significant? Because he's acknowledging there's a kernel of truth in a lot of these claims. But he's also telling you as the guy tasked with looking into it, there was nothing he could turn over on a substantive level that was going to prove the election was stolen on the back end. We could argue about what constitutes it being stolen on the front end, meaning them loosening signature verification guidelines and everything in between. A lot of states worked around their legislatures to get things done that weren't in their state constitutions. Again, not legitimate. But what I'm saying to you, the person who believes in your heart that the election was stolen, okay, is that the vast, vast majority of the public, the people who are going to decide this election, they don't care. They don't care as much as they do about inflation. They don't care as much as they do about the border or about a baby formula shortage or about getting the the rising crime rates under control because we've got all these woke DAs letting criminals right back out on the street. Everything woke turns to Think about it. There's a video here in New York today. Okay, making the rounds all over Fox today where two guys got in a fight with cops, fought a male cop and a female cop, fought them all over the subway platform violently. They were back out on the street after being arrested less than eight hours after they initially got processed. That's not right. No, but you understand that's insanity. And these are Democratic initiatives. Okay, these woke bail reforms, these woke DAs that have more empathy for the criminals than the cops. If you focus the election on the mismanagement of the country in real time, the Republicans are going to win no matter who they nominate. Okay, this is not me stumping for Pence. You know, DeSantis would win. Tim Scott would win. Tim Scott should win. Tim Scott's the best thing about our country. He could force us into an honest conversation about race. It's really hard to play the race card for a nine-month election against a black American who grew up in the worst part of the South – And speaks to the evolution of the southern heart. 
Tim Scott becoming the first black American to serve in both houses of Congress. His nomination as a Republican turns identity politics upside down. Like he's actually the best guy they could nominate if you just wanted to help the country. But if the goal is winning the election, the Republicans got like 10 options. Okay, the only guy that legitimately might cost them the election, the only guy is Donald Trump. That's the only guy. I admire your honesty. Well, a lot of our listeners might not. And I don't know that Donald Trump does. But the God's honest truth is if he wants to run again, he's got to shut up about 2020. And that's what Pence is saying in this moment. So whether it's Mike Pence jockeying for position to run or it's Mike Pence just trying to help out the guy he served under. Okay, the fact remains Pence is right when he says, you know, relitigating 2020 is not going to win the Republicans this election. In fact, if Trump announces he's running tomorrow and starts yelling and screaming that all the votes aren't legit, he's going to cost them the midterms. And I got to be able to say that to you. I don't care how much you love Trump. If we're going to have this relationship, oh, it's, it's our show. You know, it's America's family meeting. Understand that. As as hurt as Trump's feelings were, as bruised as the egos were after the 2020 election, Trump went down to Georgia. Trump went down to Georgia and he cost Republicans both Senate seats. That's true. That is true. Again, he went down to Georgia. And again, this isn't a popular thing to say. Okay, talk radio can be a very conservative medium, but somebody's got to be honest with you. You got some big testicles to pull this off, bro. When Trump went down to Georgia in those two runoff elections, it was like, yeah, you can vote, but who knows if it's even going to count in this state. Believe me, that did not help voter turnout. So if you care about the country, if you care about, you know, the Republicans taking back control of things so we can secure the border, so you could lower taxes, so you could support cops, so you don't have to tell a kindergartner he can chop his junk off. You know, all of the wild culture war garbage that's being peddled by the left right now that's turning our military upside down, you know, cutting police budgets in major municipalities, letting lawlessness run amok in the streets. If you want to put an end to all of that, Mike Pence is not the guy to be mad at today. Okay, Donald Trump's going to speak a few minutes from now when I go off the air. He's going to annihilate Pence because he's a transactional guy. That's how Trump rolls. You could take a thousand votes in the Senate. And if you vote with Trump 999 times, if you vote against him the one time, it's like, oh, who's this rhino dirtbag, total deep swamp dem, piece of garbage, can't believe I ever trusted that guy. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy. And again, I know that if Trump runs, he's better for our country than Biden. His policies are exponentially better for our country than anything coming out of the left. But like everyone said to me yesterday, Jimmy, we don't need, you know, a a choir boy flying the plane. We just need a guy to land the plane. Okay, that's great. And I agree. But if this guy can't get a pilot's license because of things he did in the past, you are S- out of luck. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The show not afraid to call out both sides of the aisle. He's the other side's worst nightmare. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon rocking out to some Nirvana. On a big Tuesday, 
Everybody's fired up right now because we were just talking about Trump. We were talking about Mike Pence. I had some critical words of your former president. I'm sure he's not happy with me right now. There's a slob. There's a real slob. Oh, whatever, Trump. You'll never be as harsh as the voices in my head. Good gosh. But here's the whole point of this show. Every day, man. Every day. Okay. I come on the air every day. And I tell you, you got to put your country ahead of your party. Okay, I say it every day. It's the whole point of the show. I say, oh, be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a boop, that whole thing. Okay, I am not on the air telling you that Trump's the worst. Trump's got to go. You know, screw Trump. He belongs in jail. I'm not the January 6th committee. Okay, I have self-respect. Funny thing about the January 6th committee is pretty much every Democrat on it claimed 2016 was stolen. And when the Democrats lose in 2024, they're all going to claim it was stolen again. Correct the mundo. That's what's so funny about it. You know, again, claiming an election is stolen is treasonous if a Republican does it. If a Democrat does it, it's 2016, it's 2004, it's 2001. That happens all the time. But the point I'm trying to make is in this present condition, as the election is presently constituted, what happened in November of 2020? You could tell me it should be the number one issue because we're in the democracy business and we need to have election integrity. So I'd agree with you on that. But I'm just telling you that you and me aren't the only ones walking into a voting booth when the elections roll around. And the people who are rolling into those voting booths aren't prioritizing what you're prioritizing. Okay, so we can yell and scream about Trump and he's the man. And, you know, I love the idea that it's the biggest middle finger in the history of the country. But I'm just telling you something today that I've been telling you for months. Once Trump announces what he's doing, and my guess is he's going to run, everybody else is running against him anyway. Okay, everybody who says to you, well, if you know Trump's running, I'm not running if Trump's running. Are you crazy? He runs. That clears the field. This is politics as usual. That's all it is. Politics as usual. They don't want to say they're running. Why? Because then they have to start running against him immediately. They have to start getting besieged by his insults immediately. They have to alienate his base immediately. They don't have the firepower. They don't have the fundraising. Okay, They don't want this fight until it's absolutely positively necessary. But if Trump announces that he's running, understand, just so we're clear. I don't care much about January 6th. I think it was disgusting. I condemned it on the air in real time. Okay, I won't hold it against them for the rest of my life, but every Republican running will. You are correct, sir. That's the bottom line. Okay, this is not the slam dunk we think it is. That being said, the Democrats have ruined this country. So if, in fact, Trump is going to be the guy, we're going to have to adjust the messaging. Bottom line, I'm just telling you because I care. It's the whole point of the show it is a solutions-based help you out show i'm not here to get you mad for sport i'm not a shock jock i don't say insane things to get attention i say one thing every day believe whatever the hell you want i don't care i'm not an activist i'm a talk show host so you can be a republican you can be a democrat vote for trump you could vote for pence just don't Go out there and be what you know I'm saying and trying not to say, which is a big giant.
I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.